Hello, you find us uh, and the Creation Theatre podcast this afternoon in the tech loft of the North Wall. Thank you, North Wall, for letting us break into your tech loft. Uh, and I have Lewis Chandler. Hello, <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm very... I was going to say, who's been saying for ages, can I do a podcast? <laughs> I've been a bit overzealous in it, but no, I'm very excited to be here. It's fine. Keenness about podcasts is important. I love podcasting. Don't we have to do, like, a we've sponsored by Casper Mattress? or yes, like a... or... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, what's the one where you can make a website? Oh, um, oh, Squarespace. Squarespace. We love Squarespace. <laughs> yes. If you, what is it? Squarespace.com forward slash Starkey <laughs> to get 10% off your brand new That's website. the code Lost Boy. Lost yeah, exactly. Boy. Yeah, well, I was going to start by asking you about being an actor, but I'll just ask you about podcasts instead. Yeah. So like, well, we'll start with being an actor and then we'll talk, but we'll talk about podcasts first. Now we've opened with... I talk about being an actor all the time. <laughs> yeah, boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this is basically the reason why I do the Creation Theatre podcast is because I love them and they're like my favourite media and sometimes like most people are like is it the radio? Yes. And they don't understand but you just occasionally find actually quite often theatre people I think because we spend more time like travelling and sort of being, a, it's quite a good alone activity. Yeah. my you can just plug your ears in and... Yeah, I really agree. Like I think it had I, I intentionally choose to have a slightly longer commute so I can get through like my dearth of podcasts because if I have to like if I have suddenly like a week where I'm just grabbing the tube or like doing fast journeys they all start to pile up and they like back up and I have to it's like um, that episode of I Love Lucy with all the chocolates <laughs> and they start like coming faster and faster I'm like oh no I'm going to have to try and keep up but um, no I love podcasts I think it is um, there's something about them that is just so sort of I don't know, revealing and interesting. And also, like, a lot of the ones I listen to are just people chatting about pop culture. Yes. And it just keeps me, I feel like, up to date. Like, because yeah. I find, like, Twitter, if you, like, miss the jumping off point of a meme, I yeah. find it baffling. I only looked up what um, SMH stood for, like, maybe two weeks ago, because I've been seeing it for literally years. And I was like, I don't know what that no. means, and I can't ask anybody now. But um, <laughs> it's too late. I don't know I even keep typing it. Um, I thought it was something, yeah. I thought it was something naughty. No, but it's not. It's just, it's just shaking my head. That's all it means. Shaking my head. But I thought it was something, like, filthy. I love that most of these, like, not most, but lots of these, like, internet abbreviations as well are from, like, the, the, like, the very beginning of the internet yeah. where people were doing, like, like, fighting games yeah. and they would be like BRB because they're actually just loads of gamers like yeah. in their mum's attic and now it's like Kim Kardashian's using it it's no like, I know she doesn't know um, yeah one of my favourite podcasts Reply All mm. um, which is it, it's under the auspices of a technology podcast but really they just talk about everything they just talk about yeah. the internet which is life isn't it and they have a really good feature called Yes Yes No where the two presenters who are quite into tech and know about memes and know all these kind of histories of subreddits and everything that's happening on the internet and then the guy who runs the podcasting company will see a tweet and will come in and read out like all this sort of sort of like an inception of memes <laughs> where it's like oh that's referring to that meme which is also incorporating that story yeah. and that thing that happened on like this white supremacist message board and, like, it's <laughs> no. just so deep it's yeah. like the levels of the internet whereas a podcast I'm like this is streamlined into my brain yes. and I'll just grab what I need I'll to and then carry you. on with my day and it yeah. is just sort of like sometimes it's just really nice white noise yeah. like just hearing the gentle like ASMR conversations <laughs> of people just sort of like it's just really soothing 
food thing more so than music because if I put music on in a journey I'm immediately I'm immediately like in a music video or I'm like in a montage Staring feeling emotions out of a window, window. <laughs> like, sometimes you my psyche can't take <laughs> can't take it be in a film about me all the, all the time. time as much as I'd love to <laughs> okay good right well we, well we can probably come back to podcasts yes. but anyway um, so the reason we're in this tech shed lodge slash alpine is, lodge it's very wood effect I know it's I love not it. wood effect I feel like I'm in like Twin Peaks it's real wood yeah yeah that's probably a bad start oh no the person whose office we've stolen uh, is trying to come back to their office I'm so sorry <laughs> oh sorry okay we won't be long we won't eat anything that's what happens when you steal people's offices um so we're here because because of the show. Let's talk about the show. Because of Peter Pan. Um, because of Peter Pan, which has just had a school show. It has. It has, yes. PM school show. School show. And it has another show, sold out show this evening. Very exciting. Um, yeah. And we've, well, we, we just were all talking just then of like, oh my God, it's a week tomorrow. It's, How it's have we done a week? Flown already? by already. <laughs> Not, no pun intended. Yes, please. <laughs> thank yeah, you. But uh, it, yeah. First time at the North Wall, yes, which is very exciting. So nice. I've been trying to work my way towards this yeah. one. <laughs> so yeah. You put me in Banbury, you put me in the back of a van. Come on. And I was like, there. come on! <laughs> and I've made it. So I'm yeah. very happy because the, the scale of the Christmas show isn't is like nothing else at creation really. Like because it because it's it's make hay while the sun shines. It's the time yeah. when everybody in the, in the country is going. Oh, we could go to the theatre when Auntie yeah. Marge comes to visit. So it's just and it's like there's so many shows on in Oxford and Oxfordshire, and yet we can still manage to kind of make back what we spend on this enormous show for us. It's a perfect um, way to monetize families doing something together but not having but to not talk. To <laughs> and then having Which a lovely such thing a relief. to talk about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Once you leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. There's a, there's a really nice period coming up where like sort of the the sort of beginning of the Christmas holidays for the schools but where the parents are still working where it's just grandparent time. Yeah. So just loads of groups that are like half of them are 80 and half of them are 8 so fun it's amazing how much they have in common yes and those kids are just getting so much sugar because they're with their grandparents so just have another candy cake but yeah it's lovely Um, okay so Peter Pan is just a world of imagination and madness it's like somebody like took like a sketch troupe gave them J.M. Barry's Peter Pan (laughs) and like a bag of sugar and just sort of like put them in a room and then like shook it together yeah. a bit and then chucked in some Katy Perry but then yeah. also like some really amazing original songs and then was just like and then just like threw it up onto the yeah, stage in like a, in a, a haze of like a children's party <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the potted yeah. description I mean I've seen like Gary's last two Christmas shows mm. Um, and it was A Christmas Carol and then the year before it was Snow White and a bunch of the Grimm's fairy tales and just watching them you were just like this looks so much fun like both for the actors on stage but just seeing the audience respond to it and I was always like god I really really want to do one of those (laughs) and I've actually done one I also realised like the slightly like swan nature of like it's like gliding along but underneath people are panicking and changing costumes and like I've never had a dress rehearsal in my life where I was so unsure about like because usually I get to a dress rehearsal and I'm like I'm feeling okay about this. Like, I'm just going to take this as... I'm going to yeah. take this as just a chance to really, like, you know, see where I am, <laughs> you know, and see where I'm going, what's my character's journey, you know, ooh, yeah. what rich text, what, like, can I, like... And in this, yeah. I door? was just like, which run, door? Which door? Which costume? I'm sweating so much. Is my microphone still attached? There was one point in the dress where I just ran to the back of the stage and just stood at the middle. I was just like, 
I don't know which way I'm meant to go because if I take a wrong turning, I'm doomed, and everybody yeah. else is doomed. Cool. And I don't even have the hardest job. There's Judith. Except that did happen. Yeah, someone on I think on one of the first shows, maybe James came bombing out of the wrong door and was like, "Well, Annabelle, I've come off the wrong place. I've come off in the wrong place." Absolute panic. And then three seconds later, Judith at ASM, who's dressed as a ninja in yeah. balaclava, comes bombing through the door and, and is like grabs people, <laughs> dressing everyone and shoving them back on. Yeah, I was just about to mention Judith. Machine. Like Judith is doing. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. Like, no. she's doing the job of three people. Yeah. Like, and she just pelts it and in she knows all black. Everything, and I she's d- so calm. You know, most people, like, if you... Generally, in life, if you see someone running, not dressed in jogging attire, there's yeah. probably an emergency. Yeah. Judith's the only person where if Judith's running, I'm like, it's fine, she's yeah, fine. She knows what she's, she's doing. got it. She's sorted. <laughs> During one of the first yeah. previews, I saw her pelting out of the back, the backstage door, coming around through reception, and I was getting into my pirate outfit, and I saw her running, I was like, oh, she's coming to help me, and I was like, oh, Judith, don't worry, <laughs> I've got this and she just ran straight past me she was like you are not my problem like I am this not you and like so she just kept on running yeah I it is relentless basically because the, I mean literally relentless because there's no off stage time basically no it's cast of six with five youth chorus and pretty much everyone is either on stage or changing yeah at any moment the only moment where I have like a oh I can sit down is the beginning of act two where it's just um, Mrs. Darling, Peter yeah. and Tink. And yeah. even then, that's like a four-minute number and then I'm clambering <laughs> up a, a wooden ladder. <laughs> like, even yeah. then, it's just like... Ah! <laughs> just always running. And, yeah. then, like, and then it starts raining as well and then you're just like, I can't slip over, I can't slip over. <laughs> like, oh and we're all in I'm slippers outside. as well. Yeah. Why am I... Why is it rain? <laughs> like, yeah. is, this, is this why people want to be actors? I'm baffled. I'm always baffled by this. Is this... Is this like drama school's a long time yeah it's expensive yeah and like when you're here in in a Christmas show are you thinking this is what past me was really in it for I think there I I think there are a lot of reasons people become an actor I think there's I mean there's some people who just do it for the need for praise and attention and then I think there are some people who really love um sort of exploring a character or a different world or, like, digging into a text or pulling it apart. and then. But I think there is also just something about, and particularly with a show like this or any kind of of Christmas show or any show that's based on something like a a book, of just the fun Mm. and, like, being able to just sort of, like, go back to that part of you that is just, like, you could have, like, five kids in a playground and somebody would say, we're on a desert island and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go and build yeah. us a house because we need a house. And the other one's like, I'm going to go out swimming but then a shark's coming and the other one's like, oh, I have to rescue you because there's a shark coming. And then you just played and then, like, an hour of your lunchtime would just fly by yeah. because you're just, like, in this world and then you'd go back and do history. <laughs> and it's, and I think people, I think adults miss being able to do that but then we're also simultaneously told... No, you you grow up now, and then yeah. and then you sort of start drinking instead, because then then you can play and still yeah. be an idiot, and then you've got the excuse of oh, I was so drunk. Uh. And I think I think the people who become actors hopefully aren't sort of like aren't like <laughs> like what's the word um uh like not re- repressed what's the word sort of like stuck in um stuck in childhood. Oh, or trying to yes, what yeah. are you thinking of? Um, I can't think of the term. Oh, it's really good. I was going to say delayed gratification. That was entirely something else. No. No, it doesn't matter. Anyway. But that idea of being like, just wanting to recapture that feeling of just fun and, and doing this show, there are times, now that we know what exits we're doing, what costumes we're putting on, yes. when we're on stage, <laughs> getting to just like have fun and play. Yeah. And obviously like, you know, Gary wrote an amazing script and it's an amazing story by J.M. Barry. 
but you can also just like play a bit yeah. and even just like trying a line a little bit differently or throwing something else just and you see like your a fellow actor sort of eyes sort of go oh oh, 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 what, oh we, what are we doing <laughs> and then and it's just great and it's just so like nourishing for like the soul and it's just it's just lovely i mean i acting is the only thing i ever wanted to do my entire life um, you know, and I think I went through all phases of why people were coming out to like when I was a kid. It was like, attention, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're not looking at me. I'm doing a thing. Yeah, and then when you're like trying to be like a teenager and you're like, wow, I've just like discovered this amazing playwright called Carol Churchill, like, or just like Arthur Miller. I don't know if you've heard of him. And, like, and you're like, wow, I'm just like being. And then, I'm the uh, only person who's ever really understood. Yeah, I like, this. and just I, I would dread slash love to like watch my GCSE or A level drama piece where it's like. A Advise me like we are definitely mature enough to tackle the ideas of prostitution. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, no, we're a bunch of seventeen-year-olds no. who just have been watching EastEnders. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just don't do it. And then I think when you sort of if you've decided to then actually find it as a career, just like, just being able to just like meet different people all the time and different scripts and different everything. It's just yeah, it's beyond any anticipation or uh, that you could. The career of acting is so unlike what I expected it to be, but at the same time, so much what I would hope it would be. Because when you're a kid, you just think, oh, it's just like you go on telly and you do the acting. Yeah. And then it's like, no, you do the training and you have to think about the voice and the and, and movement. And yeah, it's nothing what I thought and everything more than I could have hoped. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm very, I feel very lucky, actually. And I'm not trying to just say this so I can get another job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it could be two things. <laughs> but creation is just such a, like, right from you and Lucy at the top, trickling down through everybody from the producers, the education to the cast of people that you choose to have to your directors and design and stuff like there's this whole ethos to this company that's sort of like yes we are putting on you know works inspired by other great works mm. but also like we're not precious about it and it's about having yeah. fun and what does the audience get out of it and you know the pit in the pendulum like that adaption and yeah. like you know the two person Dracula take... and, and Brave New World in a shopping centre like <laughs> like just all of this stuff it's just someone um, we send out a post show we send out this uh, email to everyone to say what yeah. do you think and and everyone sort of fills in like their assessments of it and gives it five stars. Um, and there was one that came in over the weekend that I just thought, I want to frame this and wear it on a t-shirt because it said something like, um, perfectly respectful of the text and as disrespectful as it should be. You know, like, so that you is, have that. That is so like, creation. So clever. That's exactly yeah. what we're doing. We're going, we love this story. We love these characters. We all love this story and these characters. But also that we're not sort of, they're not hallowed things that no one can touch yeah. and no one can take the mick out of. I think it's what like, the it's best, really like, Shakespeare does now. Yeah. Like, when you go, right, this is an incredible text particularly because you know for its context of being 400 years old and being able yeah. to talk so much to the human psyche but at the same time oh let's just muck about and also, see what we can do with it like if you're gonna call if you're just gonna do probably the best joke ever and just call one of your main characters bottom <laughs> then you well you've got not got a leg to stand on like this is this you obviously want this to be stupid it's yeah. such a good joke and you forget how good a joke it is <laughs> and only when you're doing a like oh you know when you're doing casting oh we're just looking for a bottom <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, in the in the play you sort of treat it like that is his name uh, yes, Nicholas it's, it's, Bottom for it is Shakespeare it's like no he's saying bottom is funny yeah it is it's high and low <laughs> yes. and it's like sometimes people sort of forget that because you sort of you know you see those sort of like productions of Shakespeare where everybody's yeah, all in black and it's very about. severe 
Yeah. Oh, so much striding. <laughs> and then you see, like, you know, people mucking around and, yeah. you know, falling well, over and like farting. Flint in the... No, not Flint. 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 Flute. Flute. Oh Francis Flute. You do the... the they've all got the same names. Um, yeah, sorry. Flute uh, in the back of a transit van. Yeah. I mean, Why I Why not? Just liberate him. I've kind of cornered the market in, like, <laughs> creations like idiots. <laughs> like, creation idiots. Oh, like, so there's, like, John and Starkey in this. Yeah. And uh, I suppose my lost boy, whose name I actually call Well, yeah. we've called him Hans now because he's a German. He is. It's just, isn't <laughs> he just the one, what's the fat one in The Simpsons called? Uta. <laughs> he, he basically like, is. No, it. don't, you're going to rumble. Like, everything oh, yeah. I do is basically. All your basically, It's all my character work. It's The Simpsons. Like, my pirate is just um, the old sea captain. He's like, Yar, I hate the sea yeah. and everyone in it. And, like, yeah. And then, and then Midsummer Last Summer was. Francis Flute in the back of a van who then got so to be Thisbe via Catherine Hepburn <laughs> which was just an excuse because I can't so do a high-pitched female voice I was like well I'll just be well, Catherine Hepburn instead and then Cinderella with um, with Sophie and with Helen yeah. Tennyson which was the first one that was just well the prince who was prince. just yeah but Mainly, he didn't have he didn't have a lot. Of he was just layers. there to like look good in high waisted yeah. trousers. <laughs> yeah. I was thinner then, I can see that. <laughs> and then um, and then to do um, the evil stepbrother, Brother. who was just Jack Whitehall yes. in the Bullingdon Club. Yes, which was just so I, much the, fun. The, what's so fun about John in this show, though, is that it's that it's got that really good sort of imposter narrator thing that you know, like something like. Um, uh, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Night Time mm. where like John is sort of our conduit into this show because he's baffled yeah. there's so many moments where he's like what are you all doing yeah, why yeah, yeah. are you all like how do you know this choreography Michael like yeah. why do you all, why are you all singing and dancing because at the beginning he doesn't have he doesn't ha- have access to his imagination no because so, it's been so sort of like given to him by other like like he doesn't need to build a world because worlds yeah. have been built for him online and, and computers and virtual reality and sort of stuff so yeah. But you sort of do at the beginning, you sort of identify with him because Wendy's a bit kind of over keen yeah. and like she wants, you know, she really wants Peter like her. And Michael's, how old is Michael? And Michael, Michael is An- Annabelle Jerry with a bizarre fringe, <laughs> inexplicable oh, years Anna old. Lisp. Yeah, how old is she? So, so those are kind of fairy tale characters, whereas John's actually the one who's like experiencing it as the audience. So Holding you, an iPhone and being yeah, like, what's and going, going on? Where's, why is there no Wi-Fi? We spent about the first week at the North Wall not being able to get the Wi-Fi to work and we were <laughs> all just John, like, where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> just infinitely relatable. I had to try and not take it too personally <laughs> that you were so readily <laughs> open to see me about somebody who yeah. was strapped to his phone all the time yeah. and just like... Well, I feel like, isn't that all of us though? Like, I, I hope it is so. the whole audience. Yeah. Actually, the fairy tale children who use their imaginations and fly off through a window are less kind of accessible than just the boy who's like where's my I need to see my Instagram yeah where's my Instagram (laughs) (laughs) it's important it's too real although it was really funny to say because we had a a, um, a lovely we had a school group in but we also had a a group of um, older older. yeah they came on a minibus props to them I love them I love it Um, but one of their favourite lines (laughs) was um, a character mentioning that um the broadband's gone. There's no more yes. Wi-Fi. And because they're in their, I would guess, 70s yeah. or 80s, the idea that, like, something, you know, they were just like, oh, 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 how, how, how funny that they're talking about this so seriously. But then other yeah. people, but then other audience that are really young, they sort of go, oh, and, and it's just sort of like, oh, dear. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's just funny how perspective on, you know, what is and isn't important uh, It's changes. That's the fun of a Gary show, that having done, that, like, this will be our fifth, that's the director, Gary Jones, is that they they're so nuanced and they're so 
weird mm. that there there isn't really there aren't really sort of crowd pleasing jokes. There's very few jokes in the show that every single person is laughing. It's at. not like a badumchish pun. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of kind of and there's not a lot of kind of physical comedy of kind of pratfalls and that kind of so the so the comedy is sort of someone's gonna get it and someone's still gonna be trying to work out what that joke was. Yeah. In like five minutes time it's, and it will have moved on we'll already have moved on because we're not explaining any of the jokes we're yeah. just doing them yeah there are, there are a lot of moments where something bizarre will happen and somebody will literally comment on the action going that's a bit weird <laughs> do you know what <laughs> yes. and, and actually and, and, and I think that's the, yeah what Gary sort of writes into it is sort of like letting you revel in the weird and then yeah. to comment on it. It's kind of a, something that I associate with the Muppets quite a lot. Yeah. Where it's like the Muppets are aware... We know, we know we're puppets. <laughs> like, and then they're aware that they're putting on a show, but then there's also the camera there. And then they'll turn to you sometimes, but sometimes they'll be... Like, the Muppets yeah. Christmas Carol, for me, is the only good... I mean, apart from creation theatres last year. <laughs> but apart from that one, um, the Muppets Christmas Carol, to me, is the seminal adaption of that work. Because, actually, it gets you to have a bunch of the Charles Dickens original narration, albeit... Yeah. Through Gonzo, <laughs> you have Michael Caine giving an incredible performance, yeah. despite just acting with felt. Being in, well, that's. I think that's the dream of the Gary Show is that it can be completely ridiculous, aware of its own ridiculousness, and so sentimental. Yeah, the sentimentality. That you can cry, like the, the only way that the character of Tiny Tim is actually a bearable character that you can have sympathy <laughs> for is to make him the like. Robin, Kermit the Frog's Sad. nephew. Because that's the only way you would look yeah. at that character and be like, oh god, that's awful. Rather, Because any other time you see a really earnest girl <laughs> yeah. or boy, sickly girl or boy, like, yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh my god. you have to just think about how unbearable that child would be. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if it is Thomas Richardson, who's inexplicably massively tall, that was, that was our favourite joke last year. Tiny, tiny Tim. It's really healthy and quite tall. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah. It's but, one of the moments where, in this where... <laughs> That you get real like connection between Peter and Wendy, mm. which and which like two seconds ago, you know, Tiger Lily was just shouting off a balcony, and it was and it was silly. You yeah, know? like it's it's a real like skill of for you guys and for Gary to kind of pivot from it's fun and it's sentimental, which I suppose is quite Christmassy. It's sentimental. Oh yeah. you believe in it, but also it's really silly. Well, it's like my favorite Christmas song is um, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," mm-hmm. and. You know, there's there's sort of famously two versions of that song because there's the one, the original uh, song by Judy Garland, where it's the line is, "But till then, we'll have to muddle through somehow." Mm. And then there's another one that's covered where it's like, "Hang a shining star upon the highest bough," yeah. and it's the the choice in trying to like ignore the slight melancholy, yeah. melancholy, sorry, or sentimentality of Christmas because. You know, every Christmas is like a marker in the year and you sort of, you know, sometimes you can find yourself looking around and being like, who's not here this oh, year? And, yeah. and, you know, I think Christmas is, should be not just a sort of like, presents, Christmas, love, glitter, glitter, glitter. Like, and, and I think that, the, that sort of sentimentality and nostalgia is woven yeah. into Peter Pan as a story. Um, I don't think it's acknowledged too much because the one, the go-to adaption mm. everybody thinks of is the Disney it's one, Disney which I love. You know, you can fly is a lovely kids. song, and it's yeah. and it's and it's gorgeously, um, you know, drawn and all that sort of stuff. But it does make a choice to ignore the sort of inherent sadness because you know there's people running around and pirates and you know a crocodile yeah. that's like snapping people's underpants. <laughs> but you know this version that Gary's sort of created and adapted. It, it has a through line of sadness and about growing up and what it means to be an adult. Like, th- I have a line um, at the end when I'm just playing like a storyteller. Yes. And it's kind of just like, 
it's just maybe like four lines. And the first time I read it, I was so upset by it. And the first few shows I was doing, I found myself kind of like welling up saying yeah. it because it just talks about these lost boys growing up and then going to an office and carrying a briefcase and that their imaginations disappeared. And then there's just a final line, which is just like a gut punch from Car- Gary that just says, and they were done for. Yeah. And it's just such a, like... Such and it's a, just a throwaway, really. Yeah. It's like, oh, and that's that ties up that thread. And it's like... And it's just so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. And, you know, I think... I think Peter Pan is a story you know you can sort of ignore that that sort of melancholy mm. or you can actually delve deeper and i think it just makes the entire story so much richer because it's not just a, a whimsy romp around an island with mermaids you know singing to katy perry <laughs> it's also just a, like not to use the word of meditation it's a really fun christmas show <laughs> but like it's a meditation on what it means to be a child what it means to not grow up Yeah, because it's not better. I think that's it, that you're not really in that sort of tying off all the loose ends. We we do really know that it's not better to be Peter. It's not better Mm. to be a child forever. That, you know, Wendy's one of the type who likes to grow up. But actually, growing up is sort of, you know, the mum obviously has, you know, has some history with Peter. And so it's like, option A, become a grown-up, have a briefcase and a pension plan. Option B, be Peter and be a child forever and never experience that world and you're sort of left somewhere in the middle. Like, Peter, oh, Peter well. is sort of like like the man you might potentially run away with, thinking <laughs> that you were like madly in love. Yeah. Do you know what it's like? He is like, Peter is like the sort of promiscuous office lady that Alan Rickman falls for in Love Actually. In Love Actually. Because it's like, come She's with me, young, be, uh, yeah. be young and whatever, and there's Emma Thompson oh, cr- crying in her face. <laughs> just ruined Christmas. Yeah, but it just you can't actually run off with yeah. Peter, the hot Peter. secretary. <laughs> You have to stay with yeah. Wendy Emma Thompson. <laughs> like you have to stay with the family. But, um, maybe, maybe that is. I think that metaphor what it teaches us all along. Don't go with the office. <laughs> Don't yes. go with the office trumpet. Just because it's Christmas. Just because it's Christmas party advice to everyone. Yes. Come to Peter Pan. Don't be, be don't yes. come with your family to Peter Pan. <laughs> don't buy a necklace from Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> no. Oh dear, oh, that's also a good Christmas institution. It what is your What is your Christmas? So you're. I mean, we're pretty mean. I mean, it's lovely. We spread the joy of Christmas, but it means that the poor old actors are only really off on Christmas Day. So we yeah. finish what four o'clock Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and come back Boxing Day. So, so um, this will be. This is my second Christmas show that I've ever done. Yeah. So and the first one was Cinderella two yeah. years ago, and so the approach is do the Christmas Eve show, and then I will go to my family home uh, back near the New Forest uh, and be with my mum and dad and sister. And and then Boxing Day morning, I will catch a coach and come back to wherever I'm, I'm meant to be. Um, it, it's, it's, it's weird. I have mixed, I've sort of mixed feelings about doing working over Christmas because in a one way, it actually is kind of brilliant because... You have the festive build-up here, mm. and you can feel audiences really getting Christmassy, Christmassy, Christmassy. <laughs> and then you get the really exciting thing of literally, I'm driving home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice. And then you only have literally 24 hours at home, <laughs> so there's not enough time. Well, because everybody's basically on best behaviour because <laughs> yeah, everybody knows they've that. Only just seen you. Yeah, exactly. So you have like we've got 24 hours. We there's no time to argue. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I can remember in the 2016 year, I was literally told you are not allowed to bring up Brexit <laughs> when, when you come home. We've we got, haven't got time. We've for literally it. got 20 24 hours, do you know what I mean? So, you know, you have a lovely Christmas day and then the following morning you sort of just have to 
run off. Yeah. And although that's a slight shame because my mum is her birthday is Boxing Day. Oh, I know, but she didn't come to the show. Well, this uh, I was going to say. So my parents <laughs> came and saw the first preview of Peter Pan, which I was a bit like, oh, great, Thanks brilliant. For the support. I know, no, yeah, really, obviously yeah. amazing no, to see them, but I was sort of like. Have you done like, it just because so the tickets rugby. are a bit... Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's only just, like, <laughs> held together. But the family re- liked it so much Yay. that for the first time ever in, like, Chandler family history, they are seeing a show for a second time. Ooh. And they've booked to see it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> which oh, is so amazing. So I can now be driven that's home really by the fam and, like, utilise some more time with them. So, that's nice. yeah, so that's a, that's a real testament, actually, to how good Peter Pan is because okay. the Chandler family, you know, show their support and they've always been very supportive, but they don't come and, like, financially, like, yeah. splash out twice. How bad would it be if they were like, we're going to see The Cursed Child for the second time? Yeah. Like, I'm not even in it! <laughs> yeah, I know, totally. I'm two inches too tall to be in that show. I'm so annoyed. What? Harry Potter and The Cursed yeah. Child, everybody who plays a kid has to be five foot eight at tallest. So oh. I would... I so want to play Scorpius Malfoy. Scorpius Malfoy. Literally, I've got the hair, but I'm two inches too tall. Gutted. Injustice. Gutted. I know. (laughs) She's going to have to put up with being in the provinces. (laughs) In the regions. In the regions. We've probably got a show. What time is it? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got a. The stage manager's probably going to start chasing you. I've got to eat my reduced Itsu sushi. (laughs) I know. I don't know how to treat myself. Yeah, well, okay, I will let you do that. Thank, thank you for finally being on the podcast. No, thank you for the finally show, having me. I've been like, yeah, the cat so long. No, you don't have the jab. It's just me remembering to <laughs> corner someone at some point. Okay, cool, right, back to it. Yes. Um, thank you. Bye. Neverland. Thank you for listening to the Creation Theatre podcast. You can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk. Thank you.